Hey there, Timmy Manor here. Welcome to the Spirit of Sport right here on 1170 SEN. Joining me tonight, like he does every week, Benjamin Little. Yes, thanks for having me, guys. Oh, you're in a good mood today. That yeah. makes me happy. No, makes I'm me... excited for this guest, Timmy. Oh, that's good. And I, you know, I'm actually excited as well. So let's let's talk good. about who we got coming up. Okay. Let's I guess this week, a man who is trusted to lead, mentor, and help guide the lives of the professional rugby league players up in the border, up north of the border in Brisbane. Um, I'm actually really excited because this is actually a team that's going really well at the moment. Uh, our spirit, our spirit of sport guest is none other than Brisbane Broncos chaplain Andy Husa. Andy, oh, Andy, welcome to the Spirit of Sport, yes, boys. Mate, it, it is uh, it's very good to hear your voices, and uh, thanks so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Five yeah. and O, oh, five and O oh to start the year. How <laughs> uh, good is that? Eh? Oh. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that I've uh, I've joined um, joined the show when the Bronx are flying because if it was Last couple of years, it might have been a bit of a different story, mate. They're saying it's all about the chaplain, really. <laughs> well, that's a, the chaplain's saying it anyway. Yeah, the chaplain's saying <laughs> yeah, that. That's right. What? Um, <laughs> how long have you been there for? Uh, mate, I've been there. This is my fifth season. So uh, I was there when uh, Wayne's um, kind of like his last year, and then we've kind of been through through a few coaches since then. So. It's uh, it's been a colourful ride then for you, hasn't it? You would have seen all yeah. the, the the ups and downs of the rugby league emotional roller coaster. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the things that um, yeah, I guess I've as I've kind of seen or experienced is just that that amount of turnover of personnel and people and um, yeah, it's just it it is a whole nother world um, the, the the rugby league world. But absolutely love it, mate. Love love what I get to do with the Broncos. And would you say that it's um, what I've noticed in my time at and footy. So being a man of faith in, in in footy, a lot of times when things are going well, rarely do you have people that are in need of any spiritual guidance or help. But, you know, when they're down in the dumps, you're losing games or they're out of form or there's injury, a lot of times they're the times that people want to speak up. How did you go during those those rough years, those lean years at the Broncos? Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, I mean, we haven't even touched on the fact that um, you know, COVID hit, and so there was you yeah. know, um, lock, lockdowns, and there was, I mean, those, those last kind of, especially 2020 and 2021 were just, they were wild years for, not only for, you know, the club, but, I mean, everyone in, in um, you know, society, but especially the rugby league guys, because, um, you know, they're having to deal with the pressures of, of performing, then there's, you know, there was all those issues around pay and then uh, we've got, you know, you've got that. Then you've got performance and the boys just weren't doing, um, you know, weren't performing to maybe how everyone had expected them to. Um, but, I mean, like, there's, there's, we've got a, there's a great group of players, the Broncos. Um, and, and, you know, we've got some guys that are, um, you know, interested in faith and some that, um, you know, have a faith and some that have got no real, you know, no, no I guess, uh, no real background in faith. Um but yeah, just I guess just just um, I've always kind of uh, made myself available to the guys, whether they're playing great or whether you know they're not on the side. Um, another one of the big things that we kind of deal with, you know, um, when the boys have have got injuries or season-ending injuries, um, you know, it, it just that adds a whole nother complexity to you know their uh, you know their really their job. So yeah, mate, love it. mate, as a chaplain, you're not just a chaplain to the the athletes, but also the staff and the coaches and and um, all the different roles that they have within the club. Yep. What would you say is your main support that you provide all these different people in different positions? Yeah, that's right, Ben. We, um, and that was something that I learned pretty, pretty early on, on, that it's not, I'm not the team chaplain, I'm the club chaplain. Right. Um, 
And so to be to be honest, like I've had some, um, I've, I've built some really great relationships with you know some of our staff, um, some of our social media guys that are, um, you know, I guess probably on the front line of, um, you know, when things are going good, our social media is great, but when things are going bad, um, you know, some of our guys that are you know monitoring those accounts, are, even though it's not their account, you know, they're copping it. Um, you know, they're, they're reading some stuff that's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, so really, a lot of a lot of my, um, yeah, you know, I, I obviously fall under the welfare and well-being department, um, and so I, I I'm there to offer um, any any type of support, um, whether it be you know spiritual support or you know someone um, sometimes their, their faith support, uh, but also just to be a listening ear, um, kind of outside of performance, um, you know. Timmy, you'd understand that, that 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 bubble of of playing professional sport and just um, you know that that constant pressure to perform and and week in week out. So kind of offering you know a bit of a listening ear outside of performance is one of the big roles that that I that I have. But then little things like um, you know a lot of our guys have got young kids, so doing what we can to help with the families. Um, you know, over the years we've made some great relate. My wife and I have made some great relationships with some of the players and their partners and. Um, just, just try to, you know, offer some, uh, I guess a bit of, um, normality to our life because being a, being a rugby league player up in Brisbane, it's just, uh, as much as we want them to have a bit of a normal life, it definitely is a, it's a unique life that they, they live. And so just trying to offer, uh, you know, support and care outside of, uh, I guess all the performance indicators. Yeah. When, when you mention it's a, it's a bit different being a Brisbane NRL player, are you, are you referring to like the fame and the notoriety that comes with it all? Yeah, I think like, I mean, obviously up until this year, we, we really haven't had, uh, I mean, the Dolphins are flying at the minute, but we haven't had another NRL club, um, you know, in the city. And we've got, you know, the Titans that are probably an hour or so away from us. But it's just up here, like the fans, just I mean, like the city just love the Broncos, you know, um, especially when they're going good, you know, Suncorp Stadium starts to swell. And um, it, there's like a buzz around the city when the Broncos are doing well. So when they're not doing well, it just, yeah, it definitely adds uh, just another complexity to it. But, um, you know, got young guys, they have got thrown into the spotlight and, um, yeah, it just makes it, just adds for a different dynamic to the average, you know, mid-20-year-old, uh, you know, young man playing, playing footy. Yeah, man, and, and that's, there's also this huge element that people don't see. You know, everyone sees the bravado, the the confident, tough, you know, rugby league player on the field, yeah. but then there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of other layers outside of that. And even, you know, you, you spoke about the staff, which is a really interesting one because um, a lot of people involved in the football organization also, yeah. they're part of that ride and that journey too. And for some of them, it's actually harder because as a player, a lot of things are in your control, you know, your performance, um, you know, the team's ability to win and lose in, in some ways, is, it comes down to your ability to, to perform. But, uh, yeah, a lot of the staff, have no control over that. Yeah, they can prepare the plays in terms of footy staff, but then you've got the social media staff who they're seeing a lot of the colourful uh, feedback after a game, but it's not their fault that a, a team won a loss. So, you know, they're, you know, they're dealing with a lot of rubbish as well. So it's interesting that someone like you in your role, you know, is kind of seeing that full, you know, that, that holistic picture of what a club looks like and who needs the help the most. Yeah, absolutely, Tim. And I think, like, even it's probably one thing that I've noticed, I guess, the longer that I've uh, been involved in chaplaincy, the, the more you realise it's, yeah, it's so much more than just, you know, the the 30-man playing roster. It, it's just, 
it is. It's the you know the front office team. It's the, I mean the guys that look after our you know like our um our team store. You know sell all the merchandise there, especially where the the, the boys train. Like they're they're some of the first people, the first I guess front line of contact and um so they're getting all sorts of people coming in and um so I'm, I, I do make a real um like effort to make sure that when i'm at the club i'm, I'm going and seeing those guys and just um yeah because it is it's always people behind behind the scenes that you know really helping pull the football club together um yeah that, that you know that sometimes yeah life is just um can be pretty rubbish for them or, or whatever it might be and then you throw in any complexities, you know, at home, with family, with kids, whatever it may be, it just it does add for a really interesting dynamic that um, anyone that works at a football club would, I guess, would really understand. Mate, being in the in the role for five years, has there been like a standout uh, story or or fulfilling moment that you had, and you, that you just made made you think, oh, I'm so glad I'm in this role, being able to provide this service to the club. Yeah, oh, there's there's a few um, that that are kind of really stand out. Um, I mean, one like one of our one of our coaches, um, you know, I, I had I developed a really good relationship with him, and um, and so we had, um, you know, we we you know obviously chatted every time I was at the club, and and then became you know really open to, um, I guess just even um, exploring faith and and having more conversations around that. Um, and that for me was that was a really you know fulfilling thing um, to be able to help you know help this this coach just um, you know begin the journey of of faith. Um, I mean we've had some great moments with um, you know some of the some of the players uh, and and their you know their partners. We've um, you know we, we've been there to help um, you know like the, you know families move into state or they've had new babies and so we've been there to kind of really support and and. Um, yeah, you know, like celebrate that you know the fact that they're growing a family and um, yeah, we've had some 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 really cool moments. Yeah. Um, I looked at we've had um, yeah, it's just been throughout the five years, man. Been, there has been some real standout moments. Do um do you get the sense that the athletes really appreciate having a chaplain on board? Yeah, I, I do. I, I like um, and you know there's some players that are really uh, I guess warm and and um, I guess appreciative of, of the fact that there's, there's chaplains around, but more so like just the whole well, the welfare and wellbeing department. Um, you know, I, I had, I had before stepping into chaplaincy, I had no idea that um, there was this, you know, the whole department of welfare and wellbeing. And um, I, I just know that that whole department is just so appreciated by, by the playing group. Um, we've yeah. got an amazing welfare officer at the Broncos. Um, but yeah, I do. And I feel like the more that there's, um, you know, I guess maybe a bit more of a spotlight on the welfare side of things. Um, that that would that appreciation will continue to grow. What kind of things are the well well being team providing for the for the club? Like, is there like conferences and getaways or? Is, like, how, yeah, yeah. So that yeah, so there's a range of different things. Um, you know, even things from um, you know, we've, got, we've got young guys that are coming to the club. You know, their first year that we do a big. Um, so for a couple of days, um, takes all the, you know the rookies for that year away, um, and then they just chat through a lot of the you know the pressures of being a rugby league player and some of the things that they'll encounter. Um, so they do that. Then I mean you've got you know your week to week you know your welfare and well-being. Um, uh, I guess uh, they're not projects, but um, the different things that the welfare team will do. Um, that you know, anything from just helping the boys sort stuff out in their personal lives to um, you know, if any of the boys get in a bit of trouble, they're like they're, they're kind of the welfare department just 
um, really does kind of uh, thread itself through a, a lot of the areas of the club. Um, and then even just a lot of, uh, one of the things that we do at the Broncos and our World Cups is this amazing, this is connected really well with all the players' partners. And so making yeah. sure that, um, you know, that while while the boys are playing or, you know, in, in the season, um, there are uh, quite a few different things that we do for the entire family. Like, for example, um, you know, this coming week, we've got a cultural night where we get together with all the families and all the staff and all the volunteers and, and the kids. And we put on a big night where we really appreciate all the different cultures that make up the Broncos. Cool. Um, and everyone, everyone, you know, bring a plate of food. And it's just, it's an awesome night where, um, yeah, we just, we get to celebrate what makes our club, um, what makes it so great. Yeah. Mate, you're also a human being and, you know, a lot of times in the rugby league environment, you know, there's stories getting told at the weekend and, you know, there's a lot of, it's a, you know, it can be a bit of a drinking culture where, you know, a lot of yep. times, you know, um, you know, team activities involve a lot of alcohol. How do you, yep. how do you manage to be part of the boys and make them feel that, you know, you're, you're on their level as a friend without getting consumed and, um, you know, buying into too much of the, you know, all the secular stuff that goes on as well as part of the industry? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And that, that's a, it is a massive challenge. Um, yeah, and there's been over the over time, uh, the five years, there's been times where I've probably been, um, you know, over the different years, I've maybe been more involved with the playing group or a particular bunch of players and, and just, you know, based off, um, you know, guys leaving. And, and it kind of changes, to be honest, team every, every year. Um, and then obviously for COVID in there. And so it just, it just, it, it has its dynamic um, shifts every year. Um, but one of the things that, that um, well, just one of the things that I've, you know, done over the years is, um, if any of the boys are, you know, like they're whether they're on the fringes or really wanting to make a stamp, um, you know, that that year, some of the guys will, uh, you know, like um, say no alcohol for the year, and so they'll do their best, and so I'll, I'll jump in on that, and I'll um, I'll kind of help support them and, yeah, and almost awesome. be a bit of an accountability partner, yeah, um, just to help them, um, you know, so they're not just doing this alone, because like you said, it's if it's just one of the guys just trying to, you know, uh, not not so much take a stamp, but make, you know, just try and make a bit of a change in their life. Um, it does it does become a little bit difficult. So I've had that over the years, man. Um, I've had, um, you know, just just, um, and I'm you know, I'm, I'm married, got three kids, and um, and I want to I want to you know I also want to um, live my life in a way that is above reproach and and want to um and really really want to you know, make my kids and my wife proud about that my involvement at the Broncos and so. I'm just, I am conscious of that. I'm conscious that I'm representing the club as well. So it's a, it's, but it is a, it's a bit of a, um, a different dynamic. Yeah. You're talking about your kids. Tell us a bit about them, their age. What are, what are they into at the moment? Yeah, yeah. So we just, <laughs> mate, we said our third kid. Oh wow! Um, you're right. You're, so you're in the yeah, thick of it. So, yeah. So we were. Uh, so I got young. Uh, so I got Harry. He just turned five. Um, then I got Charlie. Um, and so she's she's three and a half. And then we just got young Benji. Uh, and mate, if he turns out anything like Benji Marshall, I will be a very happy dad. If <laughs> <laughs> so, you flick passes, so, mate, get him. <laughs> get him. Uh, take himself. Take it from someone who's played league. Get him into golf. Get him. Get him into. Get him into a sport he can really retire on. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, my my oldest my oldest son is just soccer mad. Like I've, um, yeah, we we've got we've got the footy tees and we've got the footy posts at home, and and he just is not interested. I'm like, you know, this like I said this week we're we're going up to the club for this cultural night, and I'm like, you know, you can see all the boys, and you're gonna to get to see your favorite. 
and he just is like doesn't care, man. He just wants to play soccer. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, mate. We're also um so you know obviously it's it's Easter Sunday today. Um, you know someone like you who's um, you know, in many ways, you're, you're, you're an example of church or, or Jesus, like a lot of people would see, you know, they, a lot of these boys in this world won't step foot inside of a church. So for them, what their interpretation of what Christianity is or what church is about is kind of re- reflected through you. As, and I know it sounds like a lot of uh, responsibility, but it is a reality as well. Um, yep. Easter Sunday, if, if some of the boys were asking, you know, the meaning of Easter and what it's all about, how, how would you best wrap it up in a bit of a nutshell? Yeah, absolutely, man. It is. It's a. Um, there's no doubt. It's a massive privilege that that I that I do have, and um, I do. Um, some of these boys I do represent. Um, you know, they're only example of of faith and um, some someone of faith. Um, oh, mate, Easter Sunday is you know is the most important for me. The most important. Um, you know, I guess day in the calendar. It it represents um, you know the, the fact that Jesus you know died and rose again. And that really, that's what our faith is hinged on. Um, and I, I would, I would, I would simply say that it, you know, to, to anyone that 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 asks, is that that this this weekend is a significant weekend, and specifically this this day, Easter Sunday, is a significant day because, um, you know, I believe that this is where this is where we received, um, you know, because of what Jesus did and because of um, the victory that He won over the grave, that that we then have complete access to freedom and we can have complete access to. Um, you know, grace through Jesus Christ, and so I, I would, I'd have no issues, you know, explaining that to the boys, and even talking about a little bit about my personal journey of really discovering faith, and um, yeah, and why why this weekend is so important to me. Mate, are you uh, are you happy to share a bit about your personal journey? Because um, you know, I always yeah, find it fascinating yeah. how you know everyone everyone's encounter is always different. But I'd love to hear about your journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, I, I grew up in, um, in, a, in a Christian family, um, kind of about 15, 20 minutes outside of Brisbane, uh, kind of south of Brisbane. Um, and just, you know, my, um, my, my folks are Christians and um, my dad got like radically saved. Um, he was just, uh, you know, just doing his thing. And, um, and then he met my mum and ended up coming to church and just had a real encounter with God and, um, and like just turned away from... Um, and you name it, he he was doing it at the time, and so he just had this yeah, I guess he had this encounter with God that that really changed his life. So from then, I guess we've just we've just grown up in a Christian home. Um, but I went through that that period of you know at, at eighteen, nineteen, just um, I guess really like I guess um, maybe trying to figure out my faith or and really trying to work out like was this was this legit? It like who is this Jesus guy, and and you know why do people commit their lives to to serving him and um, yeah, and I, I kind of had, I actually went overseas um, to visit a mate. It wasn't really, it wasn't kind of having a faith crisis, but I was just, I was 18 and just wanted to travel. Yeah. And um, and I remember I just, I was in a church service um, with a friend and uh, this guy, this, this, this guy was speaking and talking about, um, you know, what it actually meant to be a Christian, what it meant to follow Jesus. Um, and I, I, I honestly, I'll never forget the moment. I remember just um, kind of making a real, a real conscious effort that, you know, I was going to, I wanted to commit my life to being a Christian and I wanted to commit my life to God. And, um, yeah, so I kind of made that decision there over in the, the church and like the outskirts of uh, LA, just some random little church. Um, but then from there, man, like I've just, I've just always been involved in church, always, always, um, really relied on my faith. Um, you know, and, and, um, I, 
you know, recently my, my old man passed away. And so we've, we've kind of had to walk that journey as a family. And, um, and that's been, that has just been a, you know, a obviously really heartbreaking, you know, a uh, couple of months for our family, but fire, I couldn't have done it without my face. Um, you know, I had someone even yesterday just mentioned to me, um, yeah, just where, where, you know, we have this confidence that my dad is no longer in pain and that he's, you know, in heaven with Jesus. And that, that for us gives us a whole lot of hope. Um, yeah, my faith's played just a massive role in my life. It really has. Um, I don't know if you've had uh, much uh, experience with, with grief, but I can, can imagine this would be a really tough and sad, sad time for you. What are some of your approaches to to dealing with the waves of grief and, and working through it in, in your own life? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a, it's been obviously a, a wild, you know, uh, it's, it's been six weeks since dad passed away and it's, um, yeah, it's been a wild, wild kind of season. Um, but one of the things that I've, um, I've, I've liked, I guess I've just kind of had a bit of a mantra is that I was just going to embrace all, um, I guess all waves of grief. Mm. Um, you know, there's times where I've, you know, dropped the kids off to school before work and, you know, just, you know, had a, you know, thought about my dad and, um, and instead of kind of bottling it up or just thinking, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to try and push that emotion to the side of, I've just, you know, I've committed to just letting, letting the waves of emotion do their thing. Um, and the other, the other thing that's just been so helpful, man, I've had some really good friends around me, um, you know, just that constant check-in, um, that that has been that has been massive. Um, the other thing that I've I've um, and it I mean and it was you know as a um, you know as, a, as a, you know this this being Easter Sunday, as a um, like where, where I go to church, we we've kind of been doing like a forty days what we're calling forty days of deeper devotion around what, what we would call the Lent uh, you know period and um, and I've just I've uh, made a real purposeful effort that over these forty days. Um, I was going to, um, you know, not not going to sit in my sorrow or whatever, but really reflect on my dad's life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people have made a decision to fast, and some people are doing all these different things in this in these forty days. Um, but yeah, I've just kind of made a decision that I was going to every day really purposefully, um, you know, sit down and take time to really reflect on my dad's life. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's actually been really really helpful. Um, but it's been really really sad at some time. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's it's but a yeah, it's been a really bit of an interesting journey, mate. You you mentioned a few just key things there when it comes to our well being. Um, one of them being mates and a support network. Yeah. How have you been able to cultivate that in your own life? Yeah, it is. It's just so important, man. Especially you know the uh, just I'm I'm only thirty three, but I guess the older that I get, um, the more that I'm so aware that. Like we're not, we're just not meant to do this life isolated by ourselves. Mm. Um, and so I've had to be really purposeful about, you know, even in this season, mate. You know, you know um, where sometimes I've wanted to maybe withdraw or just, um, you know, stick to myself. I've had to be really, uh, really honest and with my wife and, and kind of let her know how I'm feeling. Um, I've had to be really honest with some of my really close mates, and and that 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 has that actually has been a purposeful. Uh, decision it hasn't kind of just been like oh I'm you know just um, I'm just going to go with the wind but I've I've really had to reach out to mates and let them know how I'm feeling um, and it's just and more so with, with my wife that's been one thing that we've we've really tried to do um, is just just be really honest with how we're feeling um, mm. like one just I mean just to give you a personal example we you know we played there's a specific song that we played at my dad's funeral um, 
that, you know, over, over a slideshow or whatever. And um, my little daughter just loves playing the song, just loves playing it. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's like, uh, if I'm honest, I like, I just don't like hearing the song every day. Yeah. Um, but and so I had to be honest, you know, and so my wife, I, you know, I was honest with my wife and just letting her know, hey, this is like, just, just that song, just at the moment, just it's bringing up more and more emotion that at the moment, um, you know, I can, I can kind of do without a little bit. So just, mm. it's just things like that then, just, just yeah. trying to be honest with where I'm at and, um, you know, and, but, you know, you, like you, you know, you would know the, the kids just, they're a great, um, they are a great distraction when, when, when things aren't going great. So. Yeah. Mate, we appreciate how vulnerable you've been, um, in sharing some of your own personal stories vulnerability seems to be a key characteristic for you and in leaning into the different curveballs that life throws at you. Mm. Is that something that you've developed or is that something you've learnt along the way? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's something that I've just, um, I guess I've probably learnt along the way. Um, uh, you know, I guess the more that I'm, I'm only 33, so I don't have a, like a stack of life experience, but I've, I guess I've, one of the, the things I've really tried to do is, um, you know, really watch and observe people and how they, you know, how they, uh, I guess, react to certain situations. And, and that, the whole idea of being vulnerable and opening up and not bottling things up, I've, um, I've just seen, I've seen people when they don't get vulnerable, when they uh, bottle things up, I've just, I've seen like the worst side of things when, when that takes place. And so I guess I've, I've really just tried to make a decision that with my life, I really, I do want to be, um, I want, I want to be vulnerable. And I'm not saying, you know, I want to shout from the rooftops, all the different things going on in my yeah. life or, you know, jump on my Facebook and let the world know. But it is something that I have tried to cultivate. Um, yeah. And even just trying to teach my kids as well, that it's like, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to talk about how you're feeling. It's okay to, you know, when life is, um, yeah, when life just throws these, you know, horrible seasons at you, um, yeah, it's like it's 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 okay to let people know how you're feeling, and it's okay to uh, ask for help and get the right people in your corner. Mate, being Easter, uh, there could be a lot of different fresh emotions floating around for different different people. Like it's a time where a lot of people take the weekend off and hang out with family. Yeah. Um, some people might be feeling more isolated than at other times. What's the message? Uh, you're delivering to your people and the different people in your world. Yeah, absolutely, man. It, it is. It, it Easter brings up a whole lot of um, you know emotions for different people. Um, or my my big thing is like don't don't do this weekend. Um, you know the, the public holidays that we have, and don't don't do it alone. Um, you know there is always people uh, in your corner, and there is always people that um, that want to do life with you. And so, and oftentimes, man, it just. Um, you know, it just takes reaching out to people, it, it, um, you know, sending an invite or sending a message um, to really start, I guess, to initiate, um, I guess, that, that community building. And so I would, my big encouraging people is this is, you know, um, yeah, even even as we head into, you know, winter and the winter month, which oftentimes people kind of, you know, probably seclude themselves a little bit more. It's just to make the effort to do life with people and get the right people in your world and in your corner. Um, you know, I think you set yourself up for a really good rest of the year when you do that. Mm. Now, uh, I'm curious to ask, 5-0, oh, how, how do you see the rest of the season planning out? <laughs> Mate, honestly, I was, I was, oh, geez, the boys are playing so well. I, I think they're, uh, I think the Broncos are going to do really well. I think, um, I think the fact that, you know, Reese Walsh is just light, lighting it up every week, that, that is a massive bonus. Um, Adam Reynolds is just 
he is just that little general at the moment. He's doing doing great. Um, I think I think it'll be interesting to see how the Origin period goes. Um, you know, we've got you know obviously got some great young players that'll that'll come in if guys are selected. Um, but I mean this this um, yeah this season like you just you just never know. Hey, but the Origin period for me, if if the Broncos can come out of that pretty pretty well. Um, Mate, I might be booking tickets to the grand final. <laughs> <laughs> I just booked my tickets today. I'm going to Darwin. We've got Parramatta Broncos up there in a couple of weeks. Yes, uh, yes, I did. I did see that. And there was a, it was a good, it was a good time last time the two teams met in Darwin. It was yeah. a, it was a Parramatta victory. Yep. Um, but Broncos are a completely well, different side now they were back then. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and just so sticky and hot up there. Pack oh. some extra t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, I'll be oh, sweating mate. up a storm. When you when you when you step out of that airport in Darwin, it, it's literally like the humidity just smashes. Oh, it's 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 disgusting. It's we adorable. we we supply a game every year, in Alice Springs is a trial game. Then Darwin, uh, Alice Springs is actually not too bad because the dry heat. You know, you don't get that humidity. Right. Um, What's but, the field like? Good good grass. Oh, it's good nick. Yeah, it's yeah, good nick. It's good. a it's a, the Darwin field is AFL field. Right. Um, so AFL is massive right. in in Northern Territory, yeah. but. We're, we're getting there. We're, we're, I think it's our eighth year there, so we're, we're starting to develop a bit of relationship with the people there. Yeah. We play against the Broncos and Cowboys, and they still turn up for the key, Queensland team. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So after all the years we've invested there, they still uh, still like nothing to do with they the still West. Still love their Northerners. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, have you do you come across many athletes in other sports? Or is it mainly just working with the Broncos? No, I do, mate. I, I um, I mean, my my original like um. Yeah, let's call it the welfare and well-being space. It actually started with um, I grew up playing soccer, and then I just had we had um, you know some guys that played with the Brisbane Roar, um, you know, start ended up coming to church, and and so I'd kind of built a bit of a relationship within the um, you know the guys that play for the Roar, and and so I still I'm still in, in, in contact with a few of those guys, and some of them are retired, but some of them are playing still in the A League, and um, and then we through the you know the the sports chaplaincy Australia model. Um, I'm often, you know, referred different athletes or, you know, if there's a, you know, we have an athletics comp that happens in Brisbane. There's a big athletics, um, uh, I guess, like facility just, just near where we live. And, and so there's, there's, um, we're often referred different athletes. And I'm also uh, really close with some, um, some exercise physiologists that, that have done some stuff with, you know, with the Lions. Oh, really? The, the Broncos over the years. Yeah. So just, um, and they, they'll, you know, will often be um, just, just kind of different you know, conversations and different people that are in town. Yeah, it's a bit of a, um, it's not just not just the rugby league players. It seems like different codes can learn a lot off each other. And I don't know what you'd say to this, Timmy, but do you think it's happening as much as it probably could? Like the different conversations between clubs, learning off each other, gleaning off each other as iron sharpens iron? Timmy? Yeah, it, um... Oh, I'm sorry, that's a No, I was, I was waiting for the easy answer. No, we'll go Andy, um, and then we'll I'll, go Timmy. I'll have you chime in after Andy And then Andy we'll go talks. to our producer, nah, Andy. Nah, nah, <laughs> and um, I'm oh, actually I'm just setting it up so I can say something. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> should we just let me talk? No, nah, you yeah, can. Yeah, only, yeah. Andy, only Andy's view first. Then we can... No, all, all I was, no, was just going to say, um, you know, the Bronx recently had um, Brad Thorne, um, you know, visit uh, visit the club, and, and he was um, sat in the box with Kevy a couple of weeks ago at a game. Um, and, you know, Brad Thorne's an absolute legend, mm. you know, obviously, you know, dual code and um, one of the greats. And so, yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely happening. Um, you know, over the years, the Broncos have had, like, you know, ex-AFL players come and help our boys with kicking. And, um, I mean, I don't know, Timmy, you'd know way more about if, if, that's, if that's actually still happening. 
Yeah, I think, yeah, it's definitely, I should mention Brad Thorne, I bumped him at a cafe a couple of weeks ago and he said to me, he goes, you're a man of faith, aren't you? I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was that scared. I just said, well, I just wanted to yeah. make sure I said the right answer. There's not many people that are bigger than you, are there? Mate, he's, he's he is still fit. He, he can yeah. keep playing right now. But him, blocker. Yeah. But, it, you know, there's, I always talk about the, the pioneers and, you know, he was up there with the guys that kind of were very vocal about their faith early in the days and that broke the ice mm-hmm. for a lot of people that um got into, you know, were vocal about their religion later on because... There was always years there where people were too scared to speak up because the second you say you're a Christian, all of a sudden it exposes you to you know um, being under the microscope and you know, people thought that you had to be perfect. But it was guys like Brad Thorne and uh, Jason Stevens and they really stepped up and said, you know, I'm I'm not perfect, but I've got a faith and I believe in God. And because of that, it mm-hmm. made it did open the doors for other people to be a lot more comfortable in speaking about their faith. Um, but yeah, it's it's amazing that space that um you know there's so many people now in different sports bouncing off each other. I know Benny, you were involved with those um, get-togethers we have before Hustle and Conference, where guys yeah. from all around the country. You know, we had yeah. Gary Ablett and guys from Queensland, and um, everyone's tuning mm. in. To, Even some NFL guys. Yeah, some NFL. Yeah, a couple of NFL yeah. guys. America does do it very well though. There, there is a really good culture there where they're very um, happy to talk about their faith. And you're going to Australia where we get to that stage where it's as embraced in America, like as it is in America? Oh, to be honest, I, I really hope so, man. Um, I, and I, I think it's something that, um, you know, like you said, over the States, you know, they've got, I mean, their chaplains are there almost like full time and um, and they almost like play a bit of a, I guess, a, a you know, pastoral role within the team. Um, uh, look, at the end of the day, I I, um, I just love that the NRL, I, I, don't, I don't know every code, but I know that the NRL has put a lot of effort and emphasis on the welfare and wellbeing space. Um, and even, you know, even specifically chaplains, they, they do their best to uh, include us in, in, in you know, um, the welfare and wellbeing space. And so I, I think we've come such a long way. I mean, in 10 or 15 years' time, who knows where that, you know, this is going to lead. But um, I, I really hope that, you know, the the clubs continue, and the Broncos are great. Um, I hope that the, the clubs continue to open, um, yeah, we guys have open arms towards chaplaincy and, and I guess the, the services that, that uh, a chaplain offers within a club. Mate, at the Spirit of Sport every week, we like to get into the nitty-gritty of oh, what, yeah. what goes yes. on uh, behind the scenes in people's lives. We like to get um, into the character, the you know, the fibre <laughs> that makes them up of, of who they are. So we've got a couple of quick questions for you. Yes, please. Um, this, yes. Is co- this is called the 60-second blitz with blitz because it goes for 60 <laughs> seconds and we're going to blitz you and my name's Blitz. <laughs> okay. So uh, well, first question, you go to the movies. This is an important one. You can choose two things at the candy bar. What do you choose? Oh, I'm choosing the, um, the the honeycomb chocolate chocolate covered honeycomb. Good. And I am choosing peanut M and M's. Okay, yeah, that's a good that's combo good. there. Good. And if you're getting a drink, what are you getting? Be honest, mate. I'm, We're all friends. I'm going. I'm going extra extra large frozen Coke, then raspberry, then blue flavor, then a little bit of raspberry, <laughs> and then I'm going Coke on top. <laughs> <laughs> that is for being so that, specific. That's the best answer I've had so far. No, that's warmed my heart. Yeah, out that, of everything we've talked about this. this yeah, like show. yeah, well, yeah, we talked about the Broncos yeah. on Sunday, but the way you just explained that is really one, one right. of our listeners. And we really felt you come alive. Like we yeah, just yeah. felt a bit of passion there. That was amazing. <laughs> Now, mate, you don't want to see me at the local Seven Eleven, mate. No, I'm on for their slurping machine. Yeah, I do not want to be lined <laughs> up behind you. I, I just like to get in and out. Um, now, listen, uh, you you're getting on a jet. You've got eight of your mates. You're going wherever you want to go in the world. Where are you going? 
oh, I'm going to the north of England and I'm going on a massive trip to watch Liverpool play Manchester United in a Champions League game. Oh, wow. If you could meet anyone and have a conversation with them, who would you meet? Uh, Steven Gerrard from uh, he was a Liverpool captain. Oh yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Any um any specific questions you'd throw out there? Um, I one of the questions I would ask him is, I mean that guy I mean, on the weekend I watched the game and the opposition team was semi's retired and they were singing a brutal song about him in the stands and I'd ask him about a specific event that happened right. about five years ago and ask him how. How does he cope with the constant um, criticism and, and uh, hate that he cops from opposition? Yeah, good. Good. Now, um, that would be a good one. <laughs> um, Timmy, how do you deal with that? You know, on your Instagram, people sliding your DMs, just um, calling you all kinds of things. Oh, I'm very, very, well, you could call it arrogant, but I... I I don't really read it, to be honest. Oh, are you I, um, if you go to my Facebook or my Instagram so there's two inboxes. There's the ones of your friends that you follow. Yeah. And I'm obviously very open to that. Uh, okay, yeah. And then there's a, the other inbox that, you know. It's you don't see. The randoms that goes to a separate thing. And I don't really, I don't actually, I don't go through that at all. So. Yeah, right. Um, there's yeah, probably about 300 un, unopened email, uh, messages in that in that section. <laughs> but uh, But like I said, it's probably a bit of a, we could do a, whole a weakness show as well. Yeah. I'll, with all those. <laughs> we you know why? I should probably open it up when I was, I'm still, probably still got a message from when I was playing. It'd be interesting yeah. if we just go through there. No, and, I reckon, <laughs> I reckon a segment each week. Just what's one that, um, we'll open one. Uh, like those, what, that segment that someone does, like the hate tweets, like they just go yeah. read through all the hate. Let's do a hate, hate <laughs> yeah. Facebook session. No, I reckon we need about three episodes uh, of that. Mate, we'll get a few we'll sponsors. Yeah. We'll be flying. Mental wellness yeah. sponsors, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, no, okay, mate. Now, listen. Now, you've got three kids now. You're a husband. What's your advice to fathers out there? Oh, <laughs> don't have four. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, no, I, I think, um, you know, one thing that I've, I've really tried to do is um, I've really tried to be really present for my kids. Um I, I mean, yeah, like, I think like all of us, we kind of have a busy life and there's, it's pretty, pretty easy to get pretty consumed with all the things going on. Mm. Um, so I'm really specific about, um, like I, I, I take, you know, I take my young fella to his soccer training. Um, I'm re- I really want to be, I'm out in the backyard with him. I try to be out there every afternoon with him. Um, you know, with my young girl, I, I make a real effort to, I'm the one that plucks her hair. Just, just really being present for my kids. Um, so yeah, if it's one thing that, um, I, you know, with my old man passing away, um, he was a bit of a workaholic and worked really hard and provided a great life for us boys. Um, and, you know, we're so, so thankful for it, but there was, um, you know, there's, there's times where, um, you know, you, you almost want your dad to be a little bit more present or a little bit more, you know, yeah. um, and so I've just made a real concerted effort to just be as present as I can with my kids. Yeah. Um, and I've got to get better at this, mate. But I just um, just keep appreciating my wife. She's she she does it. You know, holds our family together. Does an amazing job. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, that would be my that would be my advice. Yeah, man. be vocal. Let her know. Affirm things yep. when you see them. Timmy, Timmy could yep. write a book. Are you speaking this. to me? I feel like you're looking at me yeah. and just staring I'm, through my soul. I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> looking dead through you right now. And I just hope oh. the steps listening. Well. 
on that note, I'm going to have to say we're out of time, Benny. Oh, <laughs> classic. Oh, Andy, classic. mate, thank you so much for joining us. Yes. We appreciate you. We've had a few uh, chaplains on the show over the last few weeks, and it's really, you know, it's, it's great to put a bit of a spotlight on you guys and, and the work you do and yeah. the lives you touch. And, you know, we're so grateful that you guys are doing that, but it's yeah. also really eye-opening for people out there and listeners to hear your story and, one, your own personal story, but, two, how to actually um, – integrates into professional sport and, and the impact you make so mate, we're so grateful for people like you and especially you appreciate it and look forward to uh looking seeing you very soon either in brisbane or darwin yeah absolutely mate thanks so much for having me guys appreciate appreciate you guys getting me on cheers, thanks so mate. much Andy. cheers mate thank you